I'm going to greet you all in Christ's name this morning. Uh, I was in the room back there this morning. I was telling some of you guys, it seems like it's been a while since we've been here. Uh, but I don't want to complain about that. We had some good weekends in between. So, yeah, just thankful to be here this morning and gathered in the house of the Lord. Um, yeah, the last weekend as we sat under Brother Dean's teaching there, he, he spoke quite a bit about the church and Several times he mentioned the word unity, and got to thinking about that, and that's what I'd like to speak on a little bit this morning, but if you think about the word unity, the, you know, it's a state of being united or joined together as a whole, and spiritual unity for the church of God is kind of along the same concept. Um, it's the utmost, utmost importance to God for that, and for our human bodies to function correctly, you know, we have to Every one of our appendages and members, you know, have to work correctly in unison. To, and if not, you know, it could be almost considered handicapped. And if we think about the, the church body, you know, it's, it's just the same. You know, if it's not working in unity, you know, discord and discouragement will soon set in and the, the church will um, become just a disjointed group of individuals. And when I say the church, I don't mean just our church here. I mean this the churches, um, all believers, you know, the body of Christ. And, you know, it's our duty as Christians to try to keep that unity alive, um, to strive for that. It's, it's not something that we create. It's God created it, but then he gives us the duty to, to keep that. And <clears throat> well, if, we are, if we do that, we're able to show God's love to others. And, you know, the enemy is, is always looking for, for ways to, to try to drive a wedge in between in, in between believers, um, it can be in a church, you know, between two believers individually, or you know, at a school, or you know, in, in a marriage. And you know, Satan can no longer get to God, but he thinks that if you know, if he can drive that wedge or start that wedge in between two people, you know, that he can possibly you know hurt him. Or and that's that's his that's his ultimate goal. I think is is to create division in in the in the church of God. You know he'll he he'll devise plan plans or tricks you know just to tempt us, and then that that wedge of division can be you know started in, and you know if that he can start that wedge in, but if the if the rest of the body is working correctly, you know there's there's love and compassion there to to pick them members up that are that are maybe at a quarrel with each other you know and you know carry them along and help them until they're back on their feet, you know, living for the Lord again. For a short scripture reading uh, to begin with here, I want to read in John 17, uh, 20 to 23. There's four verses there in that. And this, in John 17 here, this is um, one of the, the last times that Jesus would have spoke with his disciples, and he was actually having a prayer within this whole chapter here. And he had... He had prayer for the, the his disciples there, and also for all the believers that was in and the ones to come. And you know, this, if we think about it, you know, this would almost to be like Jesus. You know, whenever someone's on their deathbed, or you know, before I guess they they always make a, a last will or you know, last testament. You know, and we could think of this might you know almost could have been Jesus' last words to his disciples and. You know, he was having he was having prayer with them, and, you know, at that time he was having prayer for us, and I don't know 
how you guys feel when someone's praying for you, you know, but you know, it's uh, we can feel pretty vulnerable, you know, and, and you know, we have no control what they're, you know, we can request, you know, for them to pray for something, but you know, they're they're talking to God for us, you know, so um, yeah, it's I don't, I don't know how you guys feel when someone's praying for you, but you know, it's just um, so relieving, you know, that we have we have that ability to talk to God in that way, but. Y'all read there in verses 20 to the 23. It says, Neither pray I these for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be as one as thou, as thou Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may, be, may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which thou, hast gave, thou gavest me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, and thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me, and hast loved them, and thou hast loved me. In verse 20 there, he states that, um, who believe on me, you know, Jesus is in this prayer, you know, he's praying for all the believers that are brought into the body of Christ, and the ones that will be brought in, you know, his you know, that's the reason his scriptures are written, you know, is, is for salvation. And, you know, he has love for the for the highest believer, in the, you know, to, all the way to the lowest sinner. Um, you know, he's he uh, doesn't judge on that part. And verse 21 there, it says that all may be one. And, you know, he, he's praying that they can all be united in one spirit. Um, you know, we we as believers are to be as, as our creator and redeemer are, you know, they're you know, we think about the Holy Trinity, you know, there's three there that are, are you know, one being, and, you know, if we all work together in one accord, um, you know, what a wonderful testimony we can have for, you know, the world around us, you know, and I think I, I read somewhere, you know, a guy made the comment, you know, that unity increases the effects of witnessing, and, you know, how true that is, you know, it's, um, you know, if we can show that true and genuine love for God, you know, we can, that can be reflected to every, every people, every person we meet, and going on there in verse 22, he says, um, he talks about the glory. You know, he wants the, the church of God to be marked by glory. And, you know, this is not a, like a prideful glory, you know, or, you know, to make someone big-headed, but, you know, but meek and humble glory that our Savior portrayed when he was crucified for our sins. And I, I, in the Matthew Henry commentary, I was reading a little bit in there, and it described it pretty well. It says that, the more Christians are taking up with the glory of Christ, the less desire they will have of vain glory, and consequently, the less disposed to quarrel. And you know how true that is. You know, if we spend our time focusing on God and you know the and loving others the way we should, you know, the, the less time we'll have to be focused on the wrongs that you know people commit here and there. And the last verse, is, and it says that he was praying there again, and he says that he prays the world. He prays that the world may know that the bond of unity is founded in love. You know, he wants us to be in one accord. And so that whenever we, that we portray in our Christian life that our God is, you know, is a God of love. And, you know, we I had to think, you know, are we doing our part to portray that correctly, you know, as we go through life? Um, you know, can people see that, you know, in our day-to-day -day walk that, or actually in unison with everybody else in the, you know, in the body of Christ, or, you know, is it just kind of a, a front we can put on, you know, to, to make people think that, that we've got everything mastered.
And another scripture reading here is, is in Ephesians 4, um, 1 through 16. <clears throat> this is a, Paul, the first three chapters here, uh, was telling, um, he tells us what all God's done for us, you know, and in this fourth chapter, he, he instructs us how to live rightly uh, according to the Lord. And I'll just go ahead and read those verses here. And it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech ye that you walk worthy of the vocation where, wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness, meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body one spirit, and one spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But unto every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he laid captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that has ascended up far above all heavens that he might fill all things. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and to a perfect man and to the measure of the stature of the, stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro carried about with every wind of doctrine by sight of man and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking truth and love may grow up into him all up in, into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted, by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. You know, he says here he's, he's a prisoner of the Lord, and we're supposed to walk worthy of the vocation, you know, wherewith we're called. And, you know, if we can truly understand what God's done for us, um, you know, as far as coming to the earth and, you know, offering, offering his son for our, our sins, you know, it should naturally want us to live a life that's fully committed to him. And verse 2 there, it states some, state some uh, characteristics about being in unity with God and with our fellow believers. You know, it says lowliness and meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. And if you look those, um, look those verses or those words up there, lowliness would mean freedom from pride, humility, and humbleness of mind. Meekness is calm temper of mind, not, not easily provoked. And long-suffering is having or showing patience in times of troubles especially those that are caused by others. Um, you know, we are to show unselfish love to everyone. Um, and, you know, there was only one perfect being on this earth, and that was, you know, that was God. And everyone's has shortcomings in their life, and, you know, we need to look past them and show them love in spite of that. Um, you know, we, to be a true Christian, you know, we cannot hold that against them. And, Verse 3 there, he, he uses the word endeavoring. Um, I mentioned this earlier, you know, but about, you know, God creating the spirit of unity. And, you know, it's not something that man creates. God created this, and we must do everything possibly possible in our power and, you know, 
in prayer to, to keep that peace. And, you know, it's our duty to hold on to that. And Charles Spurgeon, he, he had a, a quote here that I, I, um, I found. It says, We are confident that this unity is found in Jesus Christ by the Spirit of God. If we want unity in the truth of God through the Spirit of God, this let us, this let us seek after. Let us live near to Christ. For this is the best way of promoting unity. Divisions in churches never begin with those full of love for the Savior. And, you know, how, how true that is. You know, if we're full of love, um, you know, that that's just, um, the divisions, you know, should never come if we're actually truly living for the Lord and, you know, full of love for God. Going on there in verses 4, four through 6, um, in these three verses here, he uses, Paul uses the word one seven times, you know, and it's, I think this signifies, you know, unity in the body of believers. You know, we are to operate as one, believe as one, and live as one for our amazing Savior. Um, you know, we're all controlled by the same Spirit, you know, and that's God. And, you know, um, and it says that it says there about one baptism. You know, there's not a there's not a separate baptism for you know different walks of life or or. Um, you know, different religions or anything like that. There's one baptism. That's you know, that's baptized into the, into the into the church of God. You know, that's you know, it's a joyful and um, you know, it can be a dramatic experience. You know, and it tells everyone that you know that you are a child of God and ready to be a part of God. You know, and that's whenever we are baptizing, you know, and have that um, you know that renewing of the spirit. You know, it's how you know how wonderful that really is to be to be accepted into that. And, Verse seven, there he says, "Everyone of every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of God." You know, um, grace is a gift of God. Um, the grace we receive, we, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, we receive from Him. You know, is, we don't deserve it. Um, you know, it's just another statement of how magnificent you know God's love for us really is. You know, without Him, we're nothing, and we must base our lives. On our identity in Him, you know, not worry about our worldly values. Um, that can, if we focus on worldly things, that can make us um, prideful and you know think too highly of ourselves. And that can, that's another avenue that ill feelings and you know contempt and stuff can creep into uh, to cause division. You know, in, in the church body again. You know, it's just another way that the devil can can get in on um, in on a body of believers. And going on there in verses 11 through 13, you know, he says, giving the gifts of ministry. And, you know, he has some of them listed here. I'm, I'm sure there's probably others. But, you know, he says, he's got a, down apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastors and teachers. And um, apostles, you know, are special messengers or representatives. And prophets, you know, speak new messages from God to the people. And evangelists spread the good news of salvation. And pastors and teachers shepherd Shepherd and guide, and instruct the flock for for God, and you know He's instituted these offices um, to help equip His saints. You know, it says something in there about perfecting the saints, and you know, so the church body can grow and add new members. And you know, there's God gives a, a gift to each and every one of us, and you know, I don't I don't know if you guys know what your gift is. You know, I encourage you to search that out and find it. You know, and and Use it to its fullest extent to, to build up the body of to build up the body of the church and 
verse, I, yeah, I spoke on that about verse in verse thirteen about the perfect man in the fullness of Christ. Um, we're we're continuing to use these gifts, you know, until we're called home. Um, you know, we'll never be a perfect being, but um, you know, we can. We'll never stop growing in our faith. You know, that's uh, it's something that we continue to do until the until the day we are called home. And you know, if we, if we're still in this world, we can we're still growing, and it's we're to show God's love to others and continue witnessing for Him. You know, until we are called home. In Fourteen and fifteen. You know, if, if God's given gifts that are mentioned in these preceding verses, and if they're used correctly, you know, we can be assured that we can stand firm against the wiles of the enemy that you know comes to destroy this the spirit of unity that's in the church body. We can stand deeply rooted in the truth that God has given us, and we must operate as a body. So, if a brother or sister stumbles, we can reach and pick them up. You know, without everyone working together. In, in, in the spirit of God, you know, that unity can never happen. In verse 16 there, it says about the whole body being fitly joined together. You know, Christ is the head of the body. He's the, and, you know, we're all, we are the members. And when the, everyone is functioning correctly, it causes the, it causes the, the body to grow and mature, um, you know, building itself up and, and that selfish love. And I, I touched a little bit, you know, here on, on God's prayer for his disciples at that time and, the, and the, you know, the believers that were come to accept him. You know, and Paul gave some instructions here in Ephesians 4 about um, the body being fitly joined together. And then if we, uh, if you would turn with me to Acts 2, 42 to 47, there's, there's a, a short example here of what happens when, when the spirit of unity is is um, present. They had, uh, Peter was preaching a message here in, in verse 41, I'll just, they, had, they had just baptized um, 3,000 souls that received the word of God. And it says, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And that, and all that believed were together, and had all things common, and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they continue, and, and they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God, having favor favor with all people, and and the Lord added to the church daily as such as should be saved. <clears throat> you know, in verse. 42 it says continued steadfastly you know that's something we have to this is not something that's you know we can do a couple of days a week it's a it's something that we have to be faithfully devoted to you know in our Christian walk and you know if we're new believers you know find a I encourage you guys to find a a group of fellow people you know to walk with you in in your newness in your in your new walk of life and you know if you're a veteran or you're so-called uh you know a Christian for a while you know Use the gifts God's given you to instruct these new people that are are coming into this into this new walk of life, so that, you know that the the bond of unity can grow. In verse forty three, it says, "And fear came upon every soul." And you know this this group of people was 
um, was bound in spiritual unity, you know, and and that's there was you know it said something in there about miracles happening, you know, and that's the reason the miracles were happening, you know, the, the presence of the God of God was there, and they all in verse forty four it says all that believe were together, you know these. I'm sure you know these three thousand people weren't all from the same walk of life. You know they was. I mean, I'm not. I didn't read too far into it as far as where they was all from, but um, you know after they was baptized into God, you know they was they was one body, and you know they had the one thing they had in common was their was their faith in the Lord. And it's in forty six. It says continuing daily in one accord. You know here they was in the temple. You know on a daily basis and you know in one mind and. In one spirit, I, I think worshiping God, you know, that's, that's something we need to do daily. It's we need to set time aside for that. And then in verse forty-seven, you know, it says adding to their numbers, adding to their number daily. You know, there's there's not too much more you can say about that. I mean, it's just you know, if that's to make that any better, um, you know, if, if the body of Christ is working together and working correctly, you know, that's that. We should be maturing, and uh, you know the bo- the body should be getting uh, larger. You know, every day. You know, are we doing our part to, to add to that body of Christ? You know, uh, in our daily walk. And, you know, here we read in John, you know, one of Jesus' final prayers about you know that all newborn Christians and ones that are ready part of the church would be one, and you know, united in Christ and bound together in love, and. <clears throat> unity in the, in the church you know is very important to God and when we were one with all of our other believers the message that is displayed to the world displayed to the world doesn't have to be spoken you know, they'll be able to see that our God is a God of supreme love <clears throat> and you know we may not always agree on everything as we go through life but um, you know we have to work together for the unity in God's kingdom, you know, using that gift he's given us. And I had a few more verses here that I'd like to read um, that pertain to unity. The Psalms 133.1, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity. In Philippians 2.2, 2, Feel ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, being of one accord of one mind. Philippians 1.27, Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ, that whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you may stand fast in one spirit with with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. I don't have a whole lot more to add on that. I just want to encourage everyone to, you know, as we go through this daily walk of life, you know, to, you know, if you see someone struggling or, or um, possibly the, you know, that wedge of division starting in somewhere to, you know, pray for the brother or sister, you know, or, um, you know that the that the devil would have no power there, that he would, you know, that wedge could be withdrawn, and you know that they could be bound together in that unity of love again, and, and walk in in newness of life. But yeah, with that being said, we'll just uh, bow for a word of prayer. Lord, we come before you on prayer. I want to thank you for blessing us with this another wonderful day today, Lord, that we can gather here to worship you in freedom, Lord. Uh, we just ask that you could be with uh, 
each and every person that is here today, Lord, and the ones that couldn't be here, uh, we ask you to be with them also. Just help us as we as we go through our daily life, Lord, that we could be bound in that unity in, in your love, Lord, that we could be as one mind and one spirit, Lord, um, worshiping you and, and spreading the good news about your your, self, your plan of salvation and all the, the good things you have to offer for everyone, Lord, uh, so that the body of Christ could grow um, each and every day, Lord. We just thank you for all the blessings that you bestow upon us, Lord. And we just want to lift this day up into your hands, Lord. And it's in your name we pray. Amen.